Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. may be seated. It is wonderful to see you at Valley Point Church today. My name is Eric. I'm one of the pastors here, and I do want to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoy whatever that day brings for you, and whether you're home or traveling, be safe and enjoy. We're in a series right now called Act Justly, Love Mercy, Walk Humbly. It's based on some ancient words that we find from an Old Testament prophet by the name of Micah. Micah chapter 6, verse 8 says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Such an interesting question. What does God want? What does he require of those who follow him? Well, Micah tells us, to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. In week one of this series, I challenged us as a church to memorize those words And I'm sure that you've done that, so let's stand once again, class, and say these words together with great enthusiasm and energy. And if you're with us for the very first time, you get a pass, okay? You get to watch everybody mumble through these words around you. Here we go, Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Again, Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Great job. When somebody asks you what you accomplished today, you can tell them, well, I memorized some ancient words somewhere in the 700 BC range. What have you done today? (laughs) I think memorizing the word of God is a great thing. Hide these words in your heart. Remember them. Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. You may be seated. And as you're getting situated, I would encourage you to take out your talk notes and grab a pen. We have many blanks to fill in today. For a couple of weeks, we have talked about how to act justly. We've talked about what that word means from a biblical perspective. And then last week, we took it a step further because we want to do more than just talk about justice. That's okay. But scripture (laughs) encourages us to act Can't just talk about it, can't just know about it. We need to act. And so we provided a very practical way where we as a church with our Christmas initiative this year will be able to act justly and bless so many people. And I can't wait to see what God does through all of that. Act justly. 
We're going to move into the second part of Micah's challenge. And here's our big idea for today. Love mercy. Okay? Love mercy. Nothing surprising there. Nothing controversial. Justice and mercy often travel together. But it seems that followers of Jesus, Christians, and the church have struggled a little bit with mercy. It's like mercy is detached a little bit and it's no longer up close and personal. It's not face to face. It's over there somewhere and it's somebody else's problem. The only problem with that problem is that Jesus never acted that way in the New Testament. When he was here on earth and interacting with people, it was always face to face. It was always up close and personal and mercy flowed from him. That's the example we find of Jesus in the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, we have these words from Micah. And in week one, we looked at the context of what was happening in Micah's day. They were not being merciful. They were not acting in a just way. And so Micah comes along and says, in our relationships, in our dealings with people, in how we're interacting with the people that we like and even the people we don't like, there's a lack of mercy in our relationships. And what does the Lord require? Love mercy. Love it. Love it. The word mercy itself is quite interesting. In the Old Testament, there is a Hebrew word and an Aramaic word for mercy, and it carries the idea of kindness. In the New Testament, there is a Greek word for mercy, and it carries the idea of compassion. So from a biblical perspective, when we talk about God wants us to love mercy, we're saying that he wants us to love kindness and he wants us to love compassion. So as we talk about that word this morning and use it frequently, just know mercy is kindness and compassion. But it's more than just knowing about it. In both the Old Testament and the New Testament, it carries the idea of giving away kindness and giving away compassion. Now, when we think about that, This is where Christians should excel, right? Like because we follow Jesus and because we love him, we should be very kind and compassionate, not just talking about it, but giving those things away. Those are the things, those are the characteristics that should mark followers of Jesus, right? Mercy, kindness, and compassion. We should be good at it. But I'm not so sure. Not so sure. I've been reading a book called The God Impulse, which focuses on mercy in an unmerciful world. And the author shares some information that I found to be interesting and kind of sad all at the same time. Here's what he says. 
On the mercy front, nonprofit organizations have been one of the fastest growing segments of our, the U.S. economy. There are 1.6 million of them now, and together they represent 9% of our economy. What I found to be interesting about that is when you think of a nonprofit, they are generally about the business or the work of mercy, kindness, and compassion. That's what they do. And according to this author, there has been an explosion of nonprofit organizations doing the work of mercy. But would anyone say that as a nation, we are more merciful? With all of these organizations doing the work of mercy, are we any more merciful as a nation? And let's personalize that and say as followers of Jesus, as a faith community, as a church at large, are we any more merciful? Look, I think this is a global issue and a global problem, and there are so many things that keep mercy from having its full impact. Things like sin and hatred and bigotry and racism and a host of other stuff. It's a big problem, but let's personalize this now. It's a big issue, but how does it impact us? And while we may not be able to fix everything, I do believe we can act like Jesus and make a difference on the mercy front where we live, work, and play. And that's the emphasis of today. So we might not be able to fix the global problem, and sometimes that can be overwhelming to us. I think God wants us to act like Jesus, and let's do what we can in regards to mercy, kindness, and compassion where we live, work, and play. So how do you do that? How does that happen? If you have a Bible, I want you to find Romans chapter 12. Romans is a New Testament book, and I believe that chapter 12 may be one of the most influential and powerful chapters in all of Scripture. There's just so much good stuff that can be found here, including here's how. All right, if this is what God requires, love mercy, just love it. Okay, that's what God wants for me, but how do I actually love mercy in a practical way? We find it all in Romans chapter 12. I want to begin reading with verse 6. Here's what it says. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing, say the word with me, kindness, there's our word. 
mercy. And your version may even use that word or the word compassion. So if you have a gift for showing kindness or mercy, if you have a gift for giving out compassion to others, do it gladly. Now, here's the deal with the verses that we've just read. We stepped into the middle of a paragraph where the author, the Apostle Paul, is talking about spiritual gifts. And here's the concept or the idea of spiritual gifts. When a person trusts in Jesus alone to rescue them, they are given a spiritual gift, something that they are to accomplish, to build up the body and to expand the influence of Jesus. And that's the purpose of spiritual gifts, to build the body, to encourage, to strengthen the church. And in scripture, there are a few different places where these spiritual gift lists are presented to us. Romans chapter 12 is one of them. And wouldn't you know, a spiritual gift. So God actually empowers certain individuals with the gift of mercy. I find that to be amazing. Some people are really good at kindness and compassion. Others of us, maybe not so much. And that's probably a different talk, but just know for the sake of our conversation today, some people are really good at mercy and kindness and compassion. And let me just say, if that's you, be full on in using that gift for the glory of God to help other people. Be merciful all of the time. Use that gift. It's amazing. What's interesting about this, though, is that throughout Scripture, all followers of Christ are encouraged to be merciful. And we find that over and over and over again. So it's not like we can say, you know what, I'm just not good at the whole mercy thing. That's not me. I kind of shoot straight. I say it like it is. So we'll let the other people who are really kind and compassionate, we'll let them exercise that gift and I'll do the leadership thing or the teaching thing or whatever else God has given to me. I don't have to be merciful. We could say that, but when you walk throughout scripture, we're told constantly, mercy, kindness, Compassion, give that to others. Jesus gave the greatest message of all time when he delivered what is called the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter five and verse seven, Jesus says this, God blesses those who are merciful. God actually blesses those who extend mercy. And keep in mind, here's mercy. It's kindness and compassion. So when we act in this way, God blesses us. Do you want the blessing of God in your life? You probably do. And that's one of the reasons why you're here today. Just know, whenever you act in a kind way, in a compassionate way to other people, I believe that invites the blessing of God into our lives. So it's not like we can say, you know what, that's really not my gift. I don't have to do that. We do, we do, and God blesses the merciful. With that as the backdrop, okay, 
We're given spiritual gifts. Some people are really good at mercy. It is their gift. But all of us need to be merciful based on what we find in scripture. With that as the backdrop, I think the question becomes, how do you act in a merciful way? What I want to do now is I want to get very practical and share with you 12 different ways you can actually extend mercy, kindness, and compassion to others. And we find it right in the text. So Paul, the writer, delivers this for us, starting in verse 9 and all the way through the end of the chapter, verse 21, we are given 12 different practical ways. So mercy, Christ's followers need to practice this. How do we do it? Get your pen ready. Get those talk notes out. You've got a lot of blanks to fill in here. Follow along number one. Here we go. Straight out of Romans chapter 12. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. So no pretending, no masks, Really love people. Number two, honor others. Number three, serve Christ enthusiastically. And that one's kind of fascinating. Somehow in that, mercy is extended to others because we're being the hands and feet of Christ. Number four, be ready to help. Number five, be hospitable. I want to pause there for a moment. Someday I want to do a series on how you see hospitality in Scripture. It's quite shocking. You see it all over the place, using the resources that you have in your home to welcome strangers and to love people. Hospitality is a big deal in scripture. And when we're hospitable, when we feed people, (laughs) that's mercy. Number six, bless those who persecute you. I don't like that one, but it's there. It's there. Number seven, be ready to weep with those who weep. Number eight, live in harmony. Number nine, be humble. Number 10, revenge. Forget about it. And you have to say it that way, okay? Revenge. Forget about it. Number 11, be honorable by living in peace with, say it with me, everyone. Oh, I wish that word wasn't there. Because I don't mind living at peace with those who are peaceful to me. Why, I like that. But... Be honorable and live at peace with everyone, even those who may have a different opinion or a political view or whatever you want to say. Be honorable. Live at peace with, yes, everyone. And then number 12, if you want to conquer something, conquer evil with good. 12 items, 12 practical things all of us can do. Right here in Romans chapter 12, this is the list. It is the work of mercy. Now, some context here. It's helpful to know what comes before this list and what comes before the Apostle Paul talked about the gift of mercy. You've heard me say this before. When reading scripture, context matters. What comes after what we read and what comes before We just read. And when you observe all of that, it gives you a great picture of what's really happening. And that's no different in Romans chapter 12. So here's what comes before all of that. Verse one. And so 
dear brothers and sisters. Here's the setup. So Paul is saying, mercy, here's how you practically do it, but oh, you got to take this step. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Okay? So before mercy, offer your bodies up to God as a living sacrifice because this is truly the way to worship him. This is the way to respond to the greatness of God. In a unique way, here's what I think Paul, the writer, is doing. He is placing a very high value on responding to the greatness of God. We call that worship. And he basically says, if you want to be a merciful person, then be a worshipful person and set your heart on God and respond to him and his greatness. Place him where he belongs to be in your life and flowing out of that now comes mercy. So, It's possible for us to do some of those 12 things that are listed there, but without a heart of worship, without our heart being placed in the right direction, we might not have the full impact that God wants us to have when we respond to his greatness. So a worshipful life leads to a merciful life. And by the way, a merciful life, (laughs) God requires this. And tells us to love it. Love mercy. By the way, if you ever sense in your life that mercy has dipped or it's low for whatever reason and you're not as kind or compassionate as you want to be, maybe you desire that, but boy, it's just some stuff happening in my life and I'm busy and I'm running and my mercy level has dipped. If you ever sense that, you have to go back and check this. Am I truly responding to the greatness of God? I believe if we cut that out of our life, we say we just don't have time for it, or it's not that important, or I have these things to do, when that's not a priority, I believe there will be a mercy dip. It will happen. And that's kind of a dangerous place to be. So today is about ringing the bell for responding to the greatness of God because from that comes a merciful life. But if we say no to worship, if we say no to responding to God and all that he is and all that he has for us, I believe we're gonna see a mercy dip. I believe that will happen. I love what authors Gears and Patty say about this. Those who come into the presence of God through prayer, study, and worship, all of those things. So those who step into the presence of God through those items are then sent out, awestruck and inspired to live in service to others. Worship, Worship, mercy flows from that. Okay, I have three takeaways to share with you that hopefully will begin to make sense of all of this. Number one, 
Challenge yourself in an area of weakness. And I want you to go back to that list of 12 at some point today and just challenge yourself in an area of weakness. Now, here's the deal. It doesn't matter how long you've been walking with God. It doesn't matter how long you've been going to church. It doesn't matter how much Bible you know. No one is living out all of this list perfectly. Nobody's doing that. And if you think you are, then you have already violated number nine. All right, you have. And so you need to identify an area of weakness. We all can improve in at least one area and probably multiple areas. And we need to identify that and then by the grace of God, begin to live that so we are indeed extending mercy. By the way, if you don't know how to identify an area of weakness from that list, ask your spouse or your kids. They'll be able to quickly tell you, and in that moment, you'll be able to extend mercy to them, and that will be a great thing. So challenge yourself. Challenge yourself. Let's not just talk about this. Challenge yourself in an area of weakness from that list. Number two, love mercy enough this week. See, it can be easy to push this off and say, I'll consider all of that another time. I don't want us to do that. We're required to love mercy. That's what Micah 6.8 tells us. Here's what God wants. Love mercy. Love it. So love mercy enough this week to act in service to and put a name there. As we have been having this conversation, God has probably brought someone to your mind who could benefit from a mercy touch from you. I think it's kind of interesting how Thanksgiving is this week. God may be bringing those people to your table. Or you may be going to their table. You're going to have opportunity to really give mercy in probably just a few days. So love mercy enough, love it enough to prepare for what's coming and act in service to somebody. And then finally, a merciful life flows from a worshipful life. We have to remember that and how important it is that we respond to the greatness of God, not just on Sunday, but on Monday through Saturday in our conversations, in our prayer time, in our personal worship, responding to God because a merciful life flows from a worshipful life. We already sang the song this morning, Build My Life, and it it has a very interesting phrase in it. It says this, fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me, right? Fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. In worship, look to who God is because God's love always points outward to others, always. Back to the big idea. Love mercy. Love it. And here's why. It's what God requires. So, may God give us the strength and the passion this week to do what he requires, to love mercy. Father, we are so thankful for some time today to think about these ancient words 
Micah talks about acting justly. And we've added to that now loving mercy. God, I pray and I ask that you would help each and every one of us as we step out of here in just a few moments to be ready and willing, as difficult as it may be. And God, it's often difficult. It's often so hard to be merciful in an unmerciful world. So God, would you just give us the fortitude and the willingness to say, no matter what happens around me, I will love mercy. I will love kindness and compassion. God, help us to do that. Help us to be the kind of faith community that is known for mercy. Touch our hearts. And as we respond to you now and to your greatness, as we step into a worship moment, may you use this to place our hearts on you so that from our worship will flow great acts of mercy. God, help us to make that connection today. Help us to live that. And may these songs and these words that we declare be our anthem and be our cry to you that we're responding to you because we want to love mercy. Help us to do that well now. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me? I want to invite you to worship, to respond to the greatness of God. We've talked about how a worshiping heart leads to a mercy kind of heart. And we want that to happen. And so we're going to respond to the greatness of God now. We're going to do that. And just allow this time frame to prepare you to love mercy. Let's respond to the greatness of God now. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.